This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today, welcome back to Michelle berman McKell. She is a nationally sought-out Instagram content development coach, speaker, owner of Berman Media PD, and creator of the Instagram Power Method program. She's a self-made entrepreneur who has grown her program and coaching services to well over six figures in her eight years in business. She specializes in our real estate and loan officer world but prides herself on working with all different industries and getting them the tools they need to succeed in this world of Instagram and social media, which is so important as realtors know. And she joined me on another podcast. I wanted to say it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was this time last year. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back, Michelle. Happy New Year. Happy to have you uh, back on again. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We got we got to get that bio updated a little bit though. We're we're going on nine and a half years almost now. So wow, that's awesome. Minor tweaks, but (laughs) no, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Well, and on the topic of of your bio and and, you know a little bit more about what you do and and your path that's led you to where you are today. Why don't you fill us in a little bit more on your background? I know since it's been a year uh, since we recorded last time, I know we've grown the podcast. So to any of our new listeners. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, you, your journey, and what's led you to where you are today. Yeah, well, I'll do the fast version. Um, and then if you guys are curious, you can go back and listen to my episode with Allison last year and you'll get more of it. But um, my name is Michelle Berman Michael, as you mentioned, Allison, and I've been in the business now going on 10 years, pretty close to, which is absolutely wild to me. But I started off in the Instagram space in early 2014 when Instagram really wasn't that well known. It certainly wasn't a platform that people were using really to generate business the way that we as agents or we as loan officers do now. It was very different. The the methodology behind it, the process of what worked and what didn't work, all of that was so different. And it's adapted so much or sort of grown, if you will, so much since then. But back in 2014, I was really what a lot of people now know as the term influencer, but not in the true sense that people think of, meaning I wasn't getting paid to hold something pretty and just doing nothing, right? What I was doing was I was actually buying and selling Instagram accounts and flipping them like you would buy and sell real estate. So in the process, my job was essentially to take the account, grow it in a way that was actually going to produce ROI for product sales. Meaning if somebody needed uh, sales based off of a certain you know 24 hour period or they needed a certain number of website clicks in 24 hours in order for us to keep getting paid by them, um, it was my job to make sure that the account was healthy enough 
and that it was doing what it needed to do to actually make that happen. And in the process, you know, I was building ads, I was writing copy, I was doing everything under the sun to make sure that the account was growing properly. And even more important, it was my job to sniff out crap, right? Meaning fake views, fake likes, fake any of that, because that was so rampant at the time. And it still is, sadly, today. I honestly see so much of it in our space, even right now today. And it's really, really sad that people are still doing that. But the reality is, is it was my job to sniff it out. And so back then, what I really dove into was human psychology and sales psychology. So I just spent years and years and years studying the two things, reading every possible book that I could even get my hands on. And it was really interesting in that process because what you really have to think about Instagram as is a platform that's designed to capture attention, but not just any kind of attention, right? We need the right eyeballs. We need the right type of person that's ready to move the needle, whether that's buying a home or whether that's they need a loan or whether that's whatever else you might be doing as far as selling something, right? So we have to meet that individual where they are at in order to help them move towards what we need them to be ready for. And so just studying human psychology and then being able to merge it with sales psychology has been a fascinating ride for me because ultimately it's about understanding people and understanding what makes people make purchasing decisions. So back in 2014, fast forward to today and 2024, which is insane to say that, right? So much as far as how humans operate on social platforms has changed and Right before I jumped on with you, I was on a call with a gentleman who was like, I got to figure it out because everybody's checking Instagram before they call a loan officer or before they call a real estate agent to hire them. And mine sucks. And it was it was a fun conversation because he was understanding of it and he knew that that was the problem. And it, he's ready to make that change. But I feel like you and I both can agree that that more people need to be ready to make that change. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you bring up. And I know even in my own buying habits, and I think it's true with the millennial generation as a whole, which is going to be the biggest uh, group of home buyers that, that are up and coming. And, and I know we just had the economist on a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about you know who millennials are as buyers and what they're going to do. And they're going to look online. And they are going to Google you. They are going to find your information. They are going to find what houses you sold. They are going to learn your style, what you look at, because all of this is is just part of our DNA, is who we are in in this generation as as a millennial myself. And I think you're so spot on that like if you're not doing it and giving it time and attention, you're going to get left behind. And especially in this world that we're entering in now with all the uncertainties, you know, surrounding this industry and lawsuits and things like that, that we're hearing. I mean, we have to make sure that what we're doing on social media is making sense for us and our brand and that we are having that presence out there and treating it essentially as a business tool. And I think that that is, is so important. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I know I, before I go to a restaurant, I'm going to Instagram and I'm looking at every single dish. So I know what I'm eating before I get there. Because we're visual people. Yeah. Yelp is also my favorite when it comes to restaurants, right? Because I literally want to see pictures of like what people are ordering. So the same is true. Like you're so spot on and uh, you and I could easily talk about that forever. <laughs> Yeah, no, it really, it really is. So I think we know the importance of it. And, you know, as you mentioned, if you're not doing it now, it's the time you, we got to, we got to get on this. We got to give attention to it. So we know that, but today we're going to talk specifically a little bit about our behavior on Instagram and how we're interacting with our followers. So we know we're online. We know we're, we're creating good content uh, for people to follow us and engage with us, but there's a different way to do that. And you talk about 
passive versus active prospecting. And maybe before we get into exactly the details of that, just give us a little bit about how prospecting works on Instagram and some background and history kind of on the basics of that before we get into the specifics. Great questions, plural, because it's loaded there, right? Which is passive and active prospecting. The first part of that is really even understanding what those two things mean. And as real estate agents, passive prospecting is very common, meaning it is primarily what real estate agents are taught to do, right? Mailers and things that like pop buys and things that you're sort of putting out or dropping out networking events where you're sort of just at these types of events waiting for someone to come. So what a passive prospecting approach really looks like tangibly is it's reactive, right? Meaning we don't act unless someone reaches out to us. So a lot of the frustration in the real estate space comes from, especially with newer agents or younger agents. When I say newer, I say you're newer in the business, not necessarily younger, right? It's both, but you have these newer or younger agents who are struggling and they're just like, well, my, my SOI or, you know, calling your 10 closest people and and telling them 10 and then having it grow. That's all fabulous. And yes, keep doing that, but it is reactive, right? So what that means is you're just sitting and waiting for someone to reach out to you. And that's a big problem when it comes to, Hey, can I grow my business? Can I scale my business to a level where I am doing 30, 40, 50, 100? I was on a call with somebody yesterday. He's like, I've done 160 deals every year consistently. My goal is 200. How do I bridge the 40 gap? Right. And this is what I tell and have told every single person in the last probably three, four months, I would say, especially as we entered the end of Q4 of last year and then going into now. Because I think everybody, and Allison, I would really love your your thoughts on this too, but I think everybody, especially in the real estate and mortgage space, they are so attached to better video quality or more consistent videos, or I need more followers, right? Or my branding, I need to spend an ungodly amount of money on my coloring and all of this stuff. They're so attached to the things that in theory matter, yes, but is it what is going to move your business from 160 deals to 200? No, it is absolutely not. What is? And so that's what I want to say, which is this. And very frankly, if you do absolutely nothing different this year in 2024, perfect timing for this episode, right? If you do absolutely nothing, nothing different than what you did last year with your marketing, meaning you do your Popeyes, you do your mailers, you do your uh, farming, you do your same amount of networking events, all of that stays exactly the same. Your video content on Instagram stays exactly the same. If the only thing you change is outbound active prospecting, you will do more business in 2024, period, right? You don't need a better camera. You don't need better branding. You don't need better video quality. I use my cell phone and that is it. And I've been in business for 10 years. That's it. That's literally it. So the only thing you have to do different in 2024 is outbound active prospecting. So Active prospecting very quickly is the act of reaching out to someone on your own. You are initiating contact. So for a real estate agent, think of door knocking. That's active prospecting. You are walking up to someone's door and praying that they answer, right? And if they do, you get to talk to them. Cold calling, same thing. That is active prospecting. You are reaching out. That is outbound. But the downside to cold calling, you and I both know, is that it sucks, right? It's invasive and people hate being the one to get hung up on. People also hate the intrusiveness of, of being called randomly out of the blue. 
There's a lot to that, but those are examples of outbound. And so active prospecting, which is what we'll spend time talking about, is outbound reaching or reaching out through the Instagram platform specifically. And there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for kind of giving the the difference between the two because both can be valuable, right? You know, of course we want to still be doing uh, passive prospecting and still be waiting on those people to contact you. But if you do kind of both, and I think you're going to get into, into this too, how we kind of marry the two together so that we're doing it in a way where we are actually seeing uh, growth in our business come out of doing this in the right way, which which is you know, what we all want to do, which is what our goal is, is as realtors is to, you know, make our business grow and make a, and make us shine. How much of this should we be doing on a regular basis to have success? I mean, what would you recommend when, when we think about reaching out, being on Instagram, you know, really being in that active role? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? And how would you kind of break that down when it comes to time management? Yeah. So that's loaded too. So feel free to feel free to pause me at any point if you want to interject because I, I would love that. But uh, there's two parts to active prospecting on Instagram. Part number one is where, right? So very often I hear people say, Michelle, I just open Instagram and yeah, I do some likes and I do some story replies, but I end up pretty much consistently engaging with mostly people that I know, right? Or people that I'm really, I'm comfortable talking to on a regular basis. Now, does that count as active prospecting? Yeah, right? Technically, you're outbound reaching out to someone to initiate contact with them. But is that what I'm talking about when I say active prospecting to grow your business? No. So first is understanding that outbound or active prospecting on Instagram is creating new relationships every single day, right? Initiating contact with someone that you do not know every single day. So there is structure to that. And the way that I teach this is a five-day tracker. So Monday through Friday, each of the five days of the week, you have a specific category that you're focused on. And one of those days, just for a reference point, because I think that this is relevant, um, I don't have time to get into all five days, but the one day that I do want to talk about specifically is Wednesdays. So I assign Wednesdays to every real estate agent to focus on their CRM and lead gen. Right. So what that means is upload the or download the CSV file out of Follow Up Boss or out of YLOPO or whatever the CRM is that you're using and upload it into this Excel doc that we use. First name, last name, and then find their accounts, find their Facebook account, find their Instagram account, find them on Facebook first. It's easier. I don't have time to get into that, but I will say Facebook is easier to find first than Instagram. Once you find them on Facebook, profile match, right? Make sure the profile photos are the same. If they are, then you know you have the right person on Instagram. So um, Wednesdays are CRM day plus hold lead gen. So what that means is most agents are purchasing leads, right? In some capacity, whether that's like Zillow Flex, Red X, YLOP, any of them, right? Like it doesn't matter what organization you're purchasing leads from, realtor.com, they're all the same concept because what happens is normally someone is calling you out of the blue, right? You'll be like, oh, Zillow is calling me. That's a Zillow lead. I need to answer it. So in that, your job is to change your tone of voice and and really change the conversation with the lead that you are talking to. And part of the conversation is, hey, before we hang up, I want to make sure that we're connected on Instagram because if you need to get a hold of me very quickly, that's a great place to get me, right? So you need to be able to add that into your conversation. And then once you do, they start following you on Instagram. So guess what? You put them in the tracker. So you now know that this was a Zillow lead that came to you. You are, you're confirming that you're connected with them and then you get to communicate with them. And every Wednesday, your job 
is to go connect with people from your CRM and go connect with the people that are calling you from these lead generation platforms. So you are building an entire day for every week that all you're doing is focusing on digging in or putting your heels in deeper, if you will, to your existing database, which I can tell you right now, Allison, nobody is doing it. (laughs) This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. I was just going to say that is like so smart. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, this makes so much sense to go follow all these leads you're getting on social media. Like what a great way to connect with them instead of waiting to call them back. Who answers phone calls these days, you know, and just like all like that is just such a, a nice touch that you see, like if, if this, if I'm putting myself in, in these uh, seller shoes and I have a realtor, you know, reaching out to me that I submitted my leads where they got my information and they're like, Hey, let's like, I would love that. It's just such a great way to connect, you know, with these people who are your potential clients. I mean, I think it's, it's so smart and, and what a great idea that that's great advice. And everyone should be doing that. And it's so easy because every single one of you guys listening to this, you're good at selling real estate, right? Like you enjoy it. You enjoy being on the phone with the people that you're talking to, to help them buy or sell. And guess what? It's no different when you're connecting with them on Instagram. The only difference in my opinion, which is why Instagram is so incredible, is you now get an insight into their life, right? You get to see who they are as human beings. You get to see the dog. You get to see the kids. You get to see that that they love coffee or that they go work out a lot. Like you get to see who this individual really is. And if I'm the real estate agent trying to earn the business from the person that's calling me, what better way than to say, hey, by the way, before we jump off the phone, like I had a great conversation with you or I loved our conversation, but I want to make sure we're connected on Instagram because that's definitely where I spend the most time. I would love to make sure that if you need me, you can get me right away. How easy is that? And then they, and then on the flip side, you're seeing into their life and they're seeing into yours. You know, they're seeing all the stuff that you're doing. They're seeing, you know, your success and what you're sharing, you know, in your content. And, and it's just a great way to get a good feel and really start that relationship. As you mentioned, you know, at the core of this all is building those relationships. and. And social is such a great, great way to do that, especially Instagram. Don't give them a reason to not hire you, right? How many agents do does every individual talk to you? From every metric I've seen, the average person that's interested in buying or selling knows approximately nine real estate agents, right? That's a lot of real estate agents. So, I mean, you and I don't count, Allison, because we know like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of them. <laughs> yeah. But the average general consumer is going to know nine real estate agents. So how are you going to win that person's business? Have a halfway decent social presence that you're consistent on, even if it's not great content, or even if it's not perfectly branded content, but it's consistent, you will win that business because that person is going to want to work with you because they like you, right? And the credibility that you're able to show them is so valuable. It's so, so valuable. And 
Um, the second part to the active prospecting piece, just to, to bring us back full circle is each day of the week, you're really focused on a specific category. So Wednesdays is just the day that we were hyper-focused on because I think it's so important. Um, but the other four days of the week are you know equally as valuable in their own categories. But the idea really is the average person is opening up Instagram and their psyche, they just naturally are going to continue to keep talking to the people that they're comfortable with, right? So with this, we have structure. You know, every single day of the week, you are actively reaching out to individuals that you do not know, but they are in categories that you are confident talking in. So that's an important connection, right? Because if you hate golf, then why are you trying to talk to people in golf communities about golf? You're not going to be invested in the conversation. It's going to be hard for you. They're not going to be the ideal client for you because at the end of the day, you don't like the conversation that they want to have, right? So stop trying to be for everybody and instead really hyper-focused on who you really want to be as a human and let that lead the way. Because as you mentioned, Allison, every real estate transaction is rooted in one thing, which is connection-based relationships right? So my real estate agent who I used here, um, when my husband and I moved to Clarksville, mind you, I have my license. I easily could have done it myself. I chose not to because we were moving out of state. And I really, really liked the lady that we ended up choosing. She's now one of my best friends, but we met on Instagram. She has a two-year-old. I have a two-year-old. She's married to a Green Beret. I'm married to a Green Beret. Like we really just bonded over our life. And then oh, she's also a real estate agent that happens to be in this area that we're moving to. And she was the boots on the ground that I needed when we moved here. But I didn't hire her because she was a, real, a good real estate agent. I hired her because I really enjoyed her. And she happened to be the person that was the vehicle I needed to get me the transaction that I needed to get done. So the friendship is so important when you're working with someone. And that's also how you as the agent get repeat referral business, right? Yeah, and, I, and I think that is, such good advice too is like you don't have to be the expert in something you know nothing about you don't have to be in the golf communities talking you don't have to be in the you know sports communities it's like find what you're interested in and what you're good at and that's why i think like those hashtags are so important too you know and like what you're using with those and interacting with those communities interacting with people who are similar to you and like you said just bonding over you know your your kids that are the same ages or bonding over certain tv shows or bonding over you know whatever your interests are, it can be such a great way that you don't have to worry about going out and changing who you are to do this successfully. You can play into your own strengths. You can play into who you are and grow your community by just doing the things that you're good at. And it can happen so naturally. And I think that that's important to mention when we think about social media, because for a lot of people listening, they're going to say, I'm not good at it. I'm not natural at it. It wasn't my thing. I didn't grow up with it. But there's a way to do it that it can still be natural and that it can still come as a uh, eighth sense to you. And I think that's really important, you know, to, to mention. And I love that you brought that up. It's a really, really great point. Allison, I don't know how old you are, but I'll throw myself under the bus here. I'm about to be 34, right? I'm so, 32. So we're okay. right, right there. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't grow up with a cell phone in my hand, right? Like I didn't get a cell phone until I was, a, I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school. We were teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was not this thing where like social media was what we grew up with, right? We happened to be young enough where we could adapt quickly when it did become a thing. But I mean, Instagram wasn't even really on the scene until 10 years ago. So we're not talking about teaching old dog new, new trick here, right? We're talking about just having the same conversations that we have every day, right? And this is a, a good example of 
when you're not at home and when you're not at work, where do you go that you could be having conversations with people about real estate? What do you do outside of your life, right? And that doesn't mean you have to be outside of your home, right? That could mean like I, for example, I had a client, she told me, she's like, Michelle, I'm really boring, but I really love plants. And I was like, hell yes, this is so fun. She gives a client a plant at every closing. That is a huge thing. She gives them a whole, like she types up a whole PDF on like how to take care of them. It's like her thing. Well, guess what? There is a humongous plant community on Instagram. <laughs> go find them and go talk to them. And oh, it, it's that's not hyper-local. I can't do that hyper-locally. Yes, you can. Because I mean, I don't know if you guys do, but in Clarksville here where we where I live, there's a little cute plant shop in downtown. The lady who runs it is adorable. She's a military wife. And guess what? If you find that account on Instagram, there's a little special button underneath their bio. It's a little human with a plus sign. If you guys click on that, it will give you a drop down of a ton of other suggested accounts just like that one. Because plant shops are hard to Google. They usually don't show up <laughs> other than Lowe's and Home Depot, which don't get, right? So, but that's an example of like, you're going to find bloggers that do it. You're going to find moms that just are obsessed with houseplants that are really good at taking care of it. You're going to find your community on the platform. So you don't have to be talking to people you don't want to be talking to at all. And you can stay in your lane. You can do what you do, what you want to do and talk about what you want to talk about. But the key, the entire point of this conversation is active prospecting means reaching out to new individuals that you are not already connected to. And the beauty about Instagram, and I'll leave you with this, which is Instagram totally takes away the invasiveness, right? Because the way that you talk to somebody on the phone, it is the exact same thing on Instagram. The only difference is you're not live on a call with them waiting for them to potentially hang up on you. <laughs> it hurts a lot less if you send a message to someone and they just don't respond. Then if you're on the phone with someone and someone basically tells you to, hey, you're bothering me. You got me at a horrible time. Why did you call me? Hang up. So can we alleviate the intrusiveness and that sort of fearful, why are we not outbound prospecting? Because I've, I've met plenty of agents that refuse to door knock because they're like, I hate having door slammed in my face. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the reality is, is Instagram takes all of that away and inserts the connection piece and I kind of laughingly say it's, imagine if you had three to five bullet points about the person before you went up and door knocked them, how would that change the conversation? Imagine if you had those same three to five bullet points before you called someone, how would that change the conversation? That is Instagram. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's such, such a great way to, to start building those relationships and to get to know your potential clients a little bit better. I just love it. Okay, so so say we found somebody, we're in our plant community, we, we've seen some people that are local that are in our area, uh, where we list and and that we think might be a good prospect for us. Walk us through initiating that contact and what that looks like and what a good example of of how to do that is if someone is unfamiliar or uncomfortable with that. Walk us through kind of an example of how you would recommend us doing that. You're full of them today. <laughs> Came ready for you, Michelle. I had to. <laughs> I love it so much. So we'll use the plant example, right? Because I think that just it's easy. So if you're if you're engaging with the plant community, right, you found a, a whole bunch of fun Instagram accounts that you know are individuals that are in your area that either own a plant shop or into plants, whatever, right? The initial start to the interaction really is done via story reply most of the time. But I can tell you that commenting on their feed content is equally as valuable. There's two parts. So I'm going to talk about the feed content and then I'll talk about the story content and I'll try to be as fast as I possibly can. So when you're interacting with someone on their feed, meaning you are commenting on a piece of content that they have posted, it is there for you to consume. There is one key ingredient and that is acknowledgement. 
right? So you have to make sure you watch the video, make sure you actually read the caption, make sure you swipe through the 10 photos that they posted, whatever it might be that they've shared. Really understand what it is that they've posted and then leave a comment of value, right? And the way we do that is we create acknowledgement, even something as simple as a Christmas post, right? I posted a picture on my Instagram of my whole family on Christmas morning. We were all wearing matching pajamas. My son was on my father-in-law's head. Like it was adorable, right? But I cannot tell you how many comments I got saying, wow, what a cute family. Wow, what? A- hope you had a great Christmas. Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. Everybody said the same thing. That's not acknowledgement. What is acknowledgement? Acknowledgement is, wow, I love this photo. Like the fact that you guys matched all of your outfits and Knox really stole the show. This is adorable. I really hope you had a great Christmas, exclamation point. That is acknowledgement, right? But the key ingredient in that and the difference between, wow, great photo or hope you had a great Christmas and what I gave you is one really big thing. It's going to stand out against the sea of all the other vanilla comments, which means I'm going to respond to you, right? You have given me a reason to respond to you. Feed content is not just a dumping ground for comments that are awesome or this is cute or great photo. Don't be that guy because it doesn't take a lot of time to leave a comment like I just expressed about my family's Christmas photo. It does not take a lot of time at all. That's the first thing on feed content. Now, story replies are very, very different. And I really want people to, if you need to rewind Allison and I multiple times in this section, please do. But Story replies are so different and there's three parts. So first and foremost, acknowledgement, right? That is the initial part of your first reply. Now, all three of the parts I'm going to give you right now are one message, right? So we're not talking about three different messages. They are one message sent with three parts to that singular message. So first and foremost is acknowledgement. Secondly is subliminal business play. This is very important and I will do my very best to give you guys a really good example here in a second. But subliminal business play is the second or center of that initial message. And then you end every initial message in the form of a question. Who, what, why, how of some capacity. Now, let's say, Allison, you posted in your stories a picture of a money tree that you got for Christmas, right? Um, And it's in your stories. And I am the real estate agent trying to earn your business, Allison, as a consumer that might need to buy or sell a house. I'm going to respond to your plan and say, oh my gosh, I have a money tree too. It was a gift and I love it. I haven't killed it yet, exclamation point. Then insert subliminal business play. I, as the real estate agent might say, this is such a great idea for a gift for any of my clients who love plants at closing, period. Then question, how long have you had it? Or is this your first money tree that you've ever gotten? Question mark, send, right? So Allison, I'm going to throw it to you. What's the difference in that type of message? It, well, you hit the acknowledgement. You said something, you know, that, that cool, nice plant or nice, nice tree, right? You hit that. You said, you know, what you do, plotted that seed, since we're talking in plant terms, you, you planted that seed uh, that, okay, I know this person must do real estate and they're thinking ahead of, of what they might do for a potential client, showing that, you know, they care about their clients and they're going to take, you know, good care of them. And then, you know, thirdly, you're, you're saying, you know, giving them a chance to respond giving them a question, saying something that they can respond to and and opening that door for further conversation. So that's all three really amazing ways that you can do do DMs well. (laughs) I think story replies in this case, yes. 
So story replies, and you just brought that up, and I think it's important to make sure we don't miss that, right? Story replies are DMs. So when you respond to someone via story, that it will automatically end up as a private message back and forth. Um, for those of you listening who are newer to Instagram, I just I don't want to confuse you guys with the verbiage that Allison and I are using, but it's it is important to understand the the power behind that message and that type of message. So there's really, again, I, there's actually three parts to it, but we'll we'll try to condense it. But the, the three big reasons for why a message like that is so much more powerful, number one, you're going to get more responses without question, right? Because you ended it in the form of a question. So you're way more likely to actually get someone that's even interested in responding to you. That's number one. Number two, you're more likely to be able to continue the conversation past the initial message if they respond with their own question, which most of them will, because you've initiated contact with questions. So they're most likely going to ask you one back. Very common. And the beauty of that is the average real estate transaction takes seven to 10 touch points to convert, right? Which means we have to work through those seven to 10 touch points via DM, and we can do it way faster than remembering to call them every two weeks <laughs> or remembering to call them, you know, every couple of days if if they were a, a random lead that came through, right? So we can expedite the process or the distance between this person knows who we are and this person is now a client. So that's the second thing. Now, the third thing and the most important thing is they will not shop you around, right? Which means that you will end up on the phone with qualified people who are ready to work with you. And I personally, I don't do sales calls whatsoever anymore, or cold calls, I should say. I do sales calls. I don't do cold calls at all anymore, zero. Because even if I am outbound prospecting them, which I do all the time, right? I have built a relationship with them to the point where if I pick up that phone and I call them, it is not a cold call because I know enough about them. They know enough about me. We are just kind of shooting the, you know what, um, before we get into the weeds of what I actually do and how I can help them. So I don't even quantify it as a cold call because it doesn't and shouldn't feel like that. So because of that, I'm way more successful on the phone. You guys will be way more successful on the phone and you'll want to keep doing it, right? So who doesn't want to be on the phone with people who are excited to work with you as their agent? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michelle, this was so great. Such great advice. I know we could keep going on this topic probably for another, you know, half hour or so, but this was so great. And I want to thank you so much for sharing. Um, you're always insightful, always knowledgeable information with us. I really appreciate it. I love your fresh perspective on it. And just, you bring just such a different way to look at how we should be doing things. So thank you again so much for rejoining me on the show. I've loved having you on. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much, Allison. It's been awesome. I appreciate you. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.